You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to the Rides Winning Insights, the horse and rider podcast mini-sode series where we share audio lessons and insights from some of the most sought-after professionals in the horse industry. In this week's episode, Touched by a Horse owner, Melissa Pierce takes the reins to talk a little bit more about horses and their healing abilities. Melissa is a teacher, author, psychotherapist, and a pioneer in the field of human horse healing. Over the last three decades, she's coached and helped others through her private psychotherapy practice and partnership with horses. This partnership with horses led her to create the Equine Gestalt Coaching Method. This week's episode is brought to you by Touched by a Horse. Melissa Pierce developed the equine gestalt, so there are two gestaltists present with the client, one human and one equine. Together, they provide a therapeutic approach to deep process emotional healing through the experiential nature of gestalt work. Contrary to talk therapy, gestalt work and its sister modality equine facilitation offer some of the most efficient means of human growth and personal development. Touched by a Horse offers two comprehensive programs so you can start your career with horses in the exciting field of horse and human healing. Our Equine Facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses, specializing in work with businesses, clubs, and families. The Equine Gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses for deep process and trauma recovery. All of the programs include a rich curriculum of both online and in-person classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Hi everyone, this is Melissa Pierce, and my company is Touched by a Horse, located in Colorado. I am a psychotherapist, and I want to thank Horse and Rider for allowing us to look at mental health and horses, and how they help us heal. That's been a forte of mine for over 35 years. As a therapist and a gestaltist, I work with clients from all over the world on their personal issues with trauma, on their relationships, on their process of grief, and on and on a myriad of other things. We are proud to say we have over 300 certified practitioners of my distinct and unique method of equine gestalt work, becoming equine gestaltists, and they work with clients from everywhere on a variety of different things, from addiction to troubled relationships between a mother and a daughter to families that are saying goodbye to their oldest child to go off to the university and want to make a smooth transition doing so, so that the family shifts and changes gently. Lots of different topics, lots of different ways, even to working with veterans and some of the things that they respond to and have witnessed and gone through in both their life and in service for all of us. So it brings me to the topic for today's Horse and Rider, The Ride. Today I wanted to look at exactly what is relationship. We toss the word around a lot and it's become a buzzword for a lot of horse trainers in the equine industry. When I was a child, really no one looked at 
relationship with horses. They looked at how to train the horse, how to get through the horse's skull what we wanted. And it was very much a one-way dialogue. I have to say that all these years later, thanks to many different people from Monty Roberts to Buck Brannaman to John Lyons, I could name a thousand of them and so could you, to today's modern clinicians, it's gotten better and better and better and better, a more humane way to have horses respond to us and give us what we're asking for while being in full respect of the horse. So I know you know what I'm talking about because you, like me, have probably watched watched trainers that definitely understand that magic touch and that beautiful relationship. And unfortunately, you may have seen some other trainers that are still in the old fashioned mode of dominance and control. However, what they're talking about more in the expos more and more and more is how to have a good relationship with your horse. However, I'm the one instead of whispering to the horse, being the horse whisperer, I'm the one that started the movement 25 years ago. What if we were quiet? What if we could hear the horse whisper to us? What would they say? What is that relationship coming from the horse to mankind? Not something that most people look at or even stop and give the time of day. One of the things I did a little over 20 years ago, was created a deck of cards called Whispers from a Horse's Heart. There are 52 cards, but it's not a playing deck. It's a transformational deck. You choose one of the cards. Each card has an individual painting on it by an incredible artist and dear friend of mine named Jan Taylor. And Jan had already painted so many beautiful paintings that were out in the world for Leaning Tree and in galleries, and she sold her art everywhere. But the equines that she had done primarily were my horses and horses I had introduced her to. So it was easy for her to finish out the 52 paintings for us, and we created this deck called Whispers from a Horse's Heart. Now, this deck has traveled and sold around the world. And people give me a lot of beautiful email and response to it for slowing them down to kind of hear the whisper that a horse may have for them to help them grow and gain awareness in their life and become more attuned to what they should be paying attention to in the present moment. Now, the word relationship, I think, is worth having a moment of exploration. For instance... Would you have success with any other friendship or relationship you can think of that you would say to that person, I want a relationship with you and I'm going to see you when I want to see you. I'm going to arrive whenever I want to arrive. I'm going to expect you to be glad to see me and want to be with me. I'm going to say how long we're together. I'm going to say what we're doing. I'm going to say where we go, what we do, what we focus on. And in fact, I want you to have a really good, willing attitude about it when we're together. I mean, I'm going to say when we're done and you're not going to know when you're going to see me next. And I'm not really going to ask you what you've been doing since I saw you last. And I don't really care what you're doing when I'm not with you. I want you healthy. 
and I want you ready to go when I come to see you. But mm, now there are some human beings that have those relationships. They're not healthy, <laughs> right? Why would we think that was the best way to have a true relationship with our horse? Now, if that sounds crazy to you and you say, Melissa, I'm a horse owner. And yeah, I go to the barn when I want to. And yes, I pull my horse out of the stall and I expect him on good manners and to do what I want to do. And that's fine. I'm good with that. Then don't call it a relationship. That is not a word that is open to having that type of a situation. And I'm not judgmental about that. If you want to have ownership of your horse and a command-demand situation with your horse, more power to you. That's your decision. But for those who are saying, is it possible to have more? Is it possible to have something deeper and different? Is it possible to create a true relationship with my horse? And what does that look like? How could that possibly be two-way? I can remember, gosh, when I was very young, somebody saying to me, wait a minute, you mean every horse has a different personality? Clearly not a horseman, right? But some people think they're just a big dumb animal and they don't have distinct and different personalities. So if they don't have that, then they wouldn't have wants or desires or trends or values or emotions or anything else, right? But today... In our modern world, most of us have more sensitivity than that. Most of us look at these animals as these incredibly bright, clairsentient beings that we would like to have a true relationship with. So what does that look like with a horse? Well, it might look like this. What if every fifth time, making it easy on you, what if every fifth time you went to the barn to see your horse... You stopped when you got within mm, 50 feet of them and checked in with yourself. What kind of energy am I bringing to the barn? What am I bringing to this horse? Am I bringing stress? Am I bringing anxiety? Am I bringing, I only have X number of minutes to be here, like a big agenda and time. I don't know about you, but my horses don't wear a watch. Are you bringing that to the barn? Because if you are, don't bother. Go ahead and do a traditional work out with your horse on traditional day, your horse is used to that. However, on the fifth time, if the purpose of the visit is truly the relationship, truly to listen to them, then you have to do it all differently, don't you? You have to get back 30 to 50 feet from the horse and take some deep breaths to start with and become present. Notice the sky. Notice the temperature around you. Stretch your body out a little bit. Come home to your body. Take your watch off if you can. Leave your phone in the car. Really work to become in the present moment. That's the world your horse lives in and what your horse wants to be doing and what they're doing before you enter their energy field. Now, secondly, when you do go to see your horse, stop at about 15 feet back from them. Most stalls are 12 by 12. So stop about three feet in front of that stall gate if they're in a stall or 15 feet from them in a pasture and take three good breaths. Again, check in with yourself. Am I dropping the to-do list today? Am I here solely and strictly to relate with this animal, solely and strictly to be with this animal? And when that is true for you, the horse will show it. They'll either walk toward the gate 
They'll prick their ears in curiosity. They will nicker to you. They will fall over in shock because you never do that. (laughs) They will do something to show you, wow, you're actually honoring me. And that's where relationship begins. Now, you might say what you want to do that particular day is drop as much agenda as possible. I am not suggesting that the horse does anything unsafe with you, to you, or for you. I'm suggesting you drop into your heart that long journey from your brain to your heart, that you stand quietly, that you're present with yourself and congruent with your mind and your heart being the same. Your entire agenda is to be, and that is not easy for human beings. Your entire agenda is to see if you can reach the same field of energy that your horse is in. Horses move slowly. Even racehorses, when they're not on the racetrack, move slowly. Their pace in life is not dictated by the minutes ticking on a clock. Their appearance in life is about breathing it in, observing, taking it all in, being aware of their own physical body and everything that's around them. So possibly you could, when you and your horse are ready, put a rope softly around their neck, take them to a larger place than their stall, a round pen, a paddock, uh, whatever you have, an arena, whatever you have, allow them to be on free liberty. Now, again, the hard part for humans is drop the agenda. You can't let them on free liberty and use the word free and then say, well, okay, run to the right, run to the right, run to the left, come over here, do this, do that. That isn't being with your horse. It might mean your horse runs around to get his back stretched out and to get his little bucks out and all that. And then he gets quiet and then he starts surfing the dirt, see if there's anything to eat. And then he looks around and then he hangs out and maybe he eventually cocks his hind leg and goes to sleep. That might be what your horse thinks would be a great time with you. So to the best of your human ability, one out of five visits, you spend a few minutes simply being with your horse, doing what your horse likes to do. And if that means that horse is simply looking around the arena, don't follow him, don't chase him, don't run him around, but observe that and then notice what you observe in the arena. Not a to-do list, not that the gate's hanging funny, not that you need to clean it, and none of that. Truly be in the present moment with your horse, which might look like this. You might say, right now I notice that the air feels really moist today. And right now I notice that my back is very limber. And right now I notice that my horse moves really peacefully when nobody's on his back or at his head. Right now I notice that there's a smell in the arena today that smells like the start of spring. Right now I notice my horse is coming over to me to say hi. Right now I notice how much I want to reach out and touch him. And right now I notice it's possible to stop and allow him to come over to me in the way he wants to come over to me and stand next to me in the way he desires to stand next to me. Again, obviously, if they're disrespectful, you have to do something. 
but 99% of horses are not. When you're home and you're in your body and you're aware and you're in what we call the present moment, your horse feels like you've given them a beautiful gift. You've been more like them for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you spend doing this, it will pay off by light years. All of a sudden your horse says, huh, this animal who comes around me frequently with demands and an agenda and buzzing around and everything quick and sudden actually has the capacity to not be like that. The reframe for your horse of who you are will shift and change. It doesn't have to be a long amount of time. It doesn't have to be sitting in a chair reading a book, although that's fine. They like that too. This really can be stretching your tolerance of not having something change every six seconds. Television changes constantly. Next time you're watching TV, notice how often the scene changes. It's two or three seconds they're into another scene. What do you think that's done to your brain? Plus, your calendar is busy. The demands in your life are busy. The to-do list is endless. All of that stuff that we have in our qualitative, quantitative life is not their world. We bring our world to infiltrate theirs for an hour or two at a time, but it's not their world. Their world is based around, yep, the feed truck's probably going to be buying in a while. I'm feeling hungry. I'm aware of that. I can hear the, the motor starting that's pulling it. That's a good thing. I'll go to my gate. They're very much in the moment, very much watching everything that's going on. I know that for me, any time I'm having difficulty with a horse for any reason, if it's getting them into the bath rack, into a trailer, standing quietly while saddled, whatever it is, I take responsibility for changing the state that I'm in so they can change the state that they're in. In other words, if I slow myself down to the actual pace of a horse, it all the problems go away. If I just will slow the brain or really quiet the brain, move from the head to my heart, check in with my gut, be in that present moment, and slow everything down, we get past whatever glitch we're in. And by the way, this is great when you're on their back too. If I'm on a trail ride, and I start saying, oh boy, I don't think he likes going over bridges. I don't think he's been over a bridge in a long time. This is probably going to be a problem. Hmm. And I start working up in my head around that. That travels to my gut. And now the gut is tight. Now all the energy dropping down into my horse is an energy of stress and te tension and anticipation and all those things that weren't there before I started running that scenario in my head. And now I'm going to blame this on my horse. Come on, let's play a fair game with these guys. So my suggestion is whenever you're aware that you're moving too quickly, take a few deep breaths. But one out of five times, if you can't do it that often, one out of 10, something. Work on the relationship with your horse, showing them I am willing to show up here, not in a time-centric, manic animal, 
I am willing to show up without a to-do list. I am willing to show up to simply be present with you. I am willing to see how you want to spend your time. And I'm willing to spend my time the same way. If it's wandering around the ring aimlessly with nothing really up my sleeve and no quote unquote purpose to it, then maybe that is the purpose to it. Maybe the key to mental health is exactly what these horses show us all the time when we allow them to. And work on that relationship. Work on not needing to put that halter on in the first minute that you're with them. Work on being able to rub that horse's face, to feel the ground under your feet, to take a few deep breaths, even walk away from your horse so that he follows you in curiosity like, wow, this is a new experience with you. And turn and thank them for that again. Let them smell the halter if they want to. When they're ready, put that rope on, slow everything down, and that's your one out of five times to go and spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can, being with your horse. That builds relationship. Definitely having clarity, definitely doing some beautiful breathing will really help. Uh, One of the things that we often like to do is when we first mount up on a horse is try taking three really good breaths into the count of five and out to the count of 10. Once your feet are in the stirrups, you've adjusted your saddle, you're ready to pick up the reins before you take off. Stop yourself and just say, I'm going to slow my roll down. I'm going to take three deep breaths. I'm going to take them into the count of five, one, two, three, four, five, fully filling my lungs. And I'm going to let it out to the count of 10, really, 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 really slowly. Then I'm going to do that again. That whole thing can take less than one minute of your ride. And what you'll notice in most horses is when you form that pattern, they too will expand their rib cage and take one really big breath before they get their request from you to start walking forward or whatever you're going to do. So that breathing can really help them and help you come together in that beautiful connection that we so seek from horses. So my series has been about mental health and working with horses and allowing them to heal us and to show up. For me, I've seen horses pantomime. They are very key, what we call equidetectors, looking for truth. They're sensitive to the congruence in our body. They are definitely interested in more beingness in the relationship and on and on and on. They're highly clairsentient, vibrational-seeking animals. I hope this series of interest to you. And if you'd like to know more about what we do at Touched by a Horse or how you can be involved in our programs, just go to our website or reach out to me on my email. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Horse and Rider, for taking an interest in these topics and for introducing people, sometimes for the first time, to the incredible world of horses and human mental health. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Rides Winning Insights mini-sode podcast. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. 
please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Horse and Rider on social media and at horseandrider.com to see all the cool things that we're up to. If you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We love to hear from you guys. And if you love what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.